Welcome to another episode of the Decent Rowing Podcast. My name's Lachlan Davey. I'm here with my dad, Ken Davey. And today we're going to be having a chat with Howard Croker from Croker Oars. And so what we're going to be talking about in the podcast, mostly to do with boat setup, how to put a crew together, uh, how you set up the boat for uh, for a crew, what rules you can sort of abide by which ones can be bent a little bit and which ones can't be broken when you're setting up a crew if you want them to have a good row he also talks a bit about coaching methodology and how he approaches making technique changes within his crews and some of the problems that he's found rigging all the way from the beginner through to the elite level if you're interested in the video of this podcast it's on our website decentrowing.com as well as a whole host of other videos that we took while we're up there uh, with Howard uh, on rigging, coaching, and all the things he's learnt in his long history with rowing on an international level. So, without further ado, let's get into it. So, we think about putting people into, a, into an eight or a four. Um, where do you start with the foot stretcher in the finish position? How do you, what's the easiest way to get started with a, with a curl? It goes back to just playing practice, sitting in the boat. Um, if you decide once uh, 61 or if you're depending on the length of the crew 58 59 girl crews you know if you're a long range crew it could be 65 on the average so everyone gets to center the axle back to the um and and every, then you set yourself like that before you paddle away and so you're setting the finish position is yep. the way to do it and and most boats have a measure and if they don't use a tape measure but yep. so the idea is to say oh, okay we're going for 63 and the middle of the axle for everyone it sits on 63. It's pretty tall crew 63, it's getting up there, you know, but yeah, whatever yeah. it is, but everyone's the same. Yeah. And then when they're all the same at the finish, they've got the same angles at the finish, so everything's yeah. lined up at the finish. Uh, why do you like to have it set at the finish and then compared to some athletes, some coaches are trying to get everyone to be the same angle at the catch? You can do that pretty easy. The catch is just standing your boat behind and just make sure all the tips of blades are all together. It's pretty simple. Uh, and what I do, to, where I want to try and get it, I'll stick a straw up and, and sticky tape it to the, the gunnel and, uh, and get the crew to come forward to that point. And right off hand, I can't give you the measurement, but I think it's, no, it won't. Okay. So essentially what you're saying is that the finish position is is set and everyone's the same because that presumably gives them a better finish and a better run in the boat. It gives you rhythm. And we're rhythm. just looking for rhythm. I hate tandem rig boats. It breaks rhythm. I just hate tandem rig boats. They're a passion. And I just don't see any point on it, you know. So um, if you have your strongest machine school guys on the bow side, you make sure they're stroking if it's the upper bow side vice versa, make sure the bow side strokes if they're the weakest, you know. Um, so, so that by that you're moving them you're moving your stro- moving the, the force further down the boat. Yeah. And, and but when you go tandem it's just a disaster in my opinion. Now some people have different opinions of course. And um, and I respect their opinions but to me breaks rhythm to break that. And so just on that, because uh, it's a bit of a new thought. Um, the stronger the bow persons, whoever's on in the bow is going to have the greatest influence on the leverage, leverage on the boat. Yeah. And so that's why you'd swap them around. Yeah, I'd make sure the the weakest guys on one side of the boat 
that are there in, on the bow side or the strokes are the furthest point to the bow. Yep. And the strongest guys towards the stern. It's only one man, but it's just enough to make it's it just a make, and, and, and forget about uh, and bloody putting evening the weight up by ten ten and rigging. I, I just yeah. think it's terrible. It's yeah. terrible breaking the rhythm and maybe swapping people from side to side. If oh they're, yeah, they're well, I suppose well, having balance of power in the, on both sides of the boat is is to some extent important. It is, yeah. Uh, that's a very good point. What you're saying is, when you introduce your athlete to rowing, you make sure the first row, if they row strokes, or the second row, they row on bow side, and don't let them have a choice. Mm-hmm. And and keep rotating from one side to the other. Don't let them have a choice for the first dozen times or so. And let them, and gives them two chances again in the crew if they can row both sides, and it gives you a greater selection as well. So I think it's a very important point. I say all the time. The kids make sure you row both sides, and um, unfortunately, I myself rode one side. But, uh, Me too. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I suppose you're right in that, that if you try to change, if they row on stroke side or bow side for half a season, then it becomes difficult to change. It does. So start from the beginning when they the first start rowing. The other thing on that point is left over right. Everyone's got to row left or right, no matter what, uh, worldwide. Yeah. Um, because that allows you to row with any person in the world. Mm. To row one right over left and one left over right, it's a nightmare. You just lose your knuckles. It's just <laughs> so uncomfortable. It's terrible. Yeah. Impossible. And schools, when they start out, they tend to pick people and put them in spots in the boat? They've got to rotate them. Every row. Not just, and don't let them have a selection. Just if you do it. And same with left over right. If you... A, if you do it their first row, there's a good chance they'll do the rest of the row with left over right. Mm. But if you allow them to row right over left, mm. they'll get used to it. And you just can't, they can't afford to do that. Um, let's talk about left over right, right over left. Now, my, my understanding would be that the, the difference in the gate height is not sufficient to allow for the difference in the hand. Definitely not. And so the boat has to rotate. Come off keel. And yeah. so the boat's got a rounded base, so it's not a problem, and so it can tilt from one side to the other. Mm. And so if you've got one person rowing left over right and one rowing right over left, then they're going to be fighting all the time. Yes. Um, does the boat roll that much? It has to. You don't notice it, but it has to roll that much. It's amazing. Maybe one blade's not as deep as the other, um, but to have it so if you one knuckle is on top of the other, you need... Like I've mocked it up on the floor of the factory. You need you need 75 mil overlap, and that's totally real. And I don't argue with 25 mil overlap, mm. um, left over right, but standard 10 mil. Um, Is there a, a, a disadvantage in having more or less than 10 mil because the role of the boat is so significant? Well, you don't really feel it. No, of course you lead a little bit. You know, do you catch leading or you keep yeah, one? Catch leading. And, uh, and that reduces that 75 mil by a fair bit. Um, but yeah, I know in some coaches are in 25 mil and good coaches too overlap. Is there a, a theoretical reason, do you think, why most people do it at 10? It's just what everyone else has followed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And um, the 25 mil to me is quite in order. Okay. Um, yeah, quite in order. And it might feel more comfortable too. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've rigged 20 mil, but 25 mil I wouldn't argue. Yeah. Um, but generally, I just do standard with everybody else the 10 mil. Yeah. I suppose the trick is to make them all the same. Um, yeah. Well, what do you mean, left and right? No, no within the boat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. In a pair of it's so important the riggers are exactly the same height. I've had crews which remain nameless at Olympic Games, and because the boat was flopping that side, they kept putting the rigger up on that side. Well, it sort of emphasised the problem more. You yeah. know, you just can't. You've got to have absolutely the same height on the swing boat. On, on, yeah, on either side of it. Mm. Yeah, it's important. And the pair is more important. Yeah, so the rig, rigging's the same height off the water. Very important with the boat level. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in the pair or generally there's a bit of fighting and argy bargy, you know, so, so one person gets the blame for it and the other, and so he whacks it up. It's quite funny to see, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've spent a lot of time rigging boats to try and get them right at different Olympics, you know, and uh, I can recall one Olympic Games in particular. Uh, rough as guts, they can move the boat quite nicely, but they just kept bunging it up on one side. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't heard that before, that you'd set, because of the pair, you'd set the gates at the same height. I would have, would have just assumed that you'd set it based on each individual row. So no. you sort of like split the difference between, so you say one's high, one's low, you split the difference and then they compromise. You've got to have your hand draw the same and you've got to have your, your height off the water the same. So say someone rows at like 18, someone rows at 17, you'd compromise at 17 and a half. I'd compromise and make sure everyone rows on an even end. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think a lot of people out there would rig I mean, one on, rig each rower on whatever they felt was right, and they'd be different. I think it's something that's unknown. Yeah, I, I, it wouldn't come to mind with rigging I, a pair. I, I, I haven't done a lot of pair rowing, but it wouldn't come to mind. If I've I done a lot of that. pair or rowing, and um, I was always put down the back because I wasn't the best in mean, pair or rowing. And uh, so, yeah, I know a lot about peril rowing. I feel what's right, yeah. And I know even rigging heights are very important about side stroke side, yeah. And so in an eight, uh, if I were rigging an eight, then the, the heights wouldn't they'd be different amongst the crew? No, no, no. I'd, I'd make the, all the rigging the same, and it's a compromise, you know, as we've got different lengths of bodies. So it's, so, it's, so it's not just a, in a pair? No, there's a whole lot. And if you start... And the other thing is pitch. Don't let someone pitch different to the other. It'll drive the boat from one side to the other. You'll have more pitch on one side. Everyone's got to have the same height and same pitch. Same hand drive height, in my opinion. Same hand draw in relation to the boat, not in relation to their body. Yeah. And so if they're really tall, they just have it lower. No, you have a compromise. So you, you work it out, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, some people get, draw it up a bit higher, yeah, and some, some draw it a bit lower in relation to the body. Yeah. Same with short and long. So the shorter bloke's got to lean back a little bit more, the longer the shorter bloke's got to reach a bit more. Yeah. The big guys just sit there and not move their body at yeah. times. Yeah. And so if you're looking to set up a, any sweetboard boat, then you almost find the person who's got the shortest body and find what would suit them ideally, and you find the person who's got the tallest body and find what would suit them ideally, and then divide it in two, yep. and go in the middle. Yep, that's the way I'd do it. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. And so if you don't do that, then what tends to happen to the boat? Well, it dries off keel. It's, it's never on keel, in my opinion. So it's, it, not, it's not a flat run? No, no. If you can get the same hand heights all the way through, that's great. You've got to have the same hand heights, same angle into the water. And, and it, it really is quite noticeable when you're rowing, you're rowing a good crew, you can feel it mm. as well. You've got to have the, the heights the same. And, and yeah. so for the school crews, club crews out there in particular, where people are just uncomfortable and they set it their own, then we shouldn't do that at all. No. And in practicality, you just set it so everyone can row it too. Yeah. So uh, you, you, the biggest problem is time. And then you just don't have time to, to individually rig in most, most club situations and school situations, time, time. Because I've seen lots of crews, eights in particular, in the school system, where they'll adjust everyone separately. No, I don't agree with that. And, and then what they do is they get out onto the water and you want to swap someone around from one seat <laughs> okay. to another, and then you've got to re-rig it on the yeah. water, essentially, mm. to get the same heights. Mm. Um, yeah. No, you... You would, you'd have to have a big difference in athlete size before you'd want to change it. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, it's a problem. It it's definitely is a problem, but I, I just rig standard you know, to suit the middle guy. Mm. And then the other two, the, the short and the long, has got to compromise in their rowing and the length through the water. And a, a, as you get in the top end, yeah, you can bring your spread in for the short guy. Um, the long guy, you can take the spread out. And you've still, still pretty much got the same heights. Uh, the same length through the water is what you want. You want the same length through the water so they're in together and coming out together in particular. If you don't come out together, you'll never get rhythm. You're just I'm big on coming out together. And so, so. And so if you're stopping someone in the catch so they don't take so much, so you're really asking them to just not go so far forward. Yeah. Understand in, a, in a, a sweet boat, we're setting everyone off with the finish and we've got them on whatever measurement we're going for. 60 centimetres or whatever. And then when they come into the catch, if you've got some really tall people that can't, um, that can so easily um, reach for more, uh, do you, how do you get them to not go so far forward? It's just in your coaching, you just look at the tips of blades before they go in the water, look at the finish when they come out of the water, and just shorten them up. It's, it's and, just and just tell them to row short. Short, row short. Um, do you sometimes lift their feet? in order to force them to row short? You could do. I've never done that, but that would help them tuck up. Rusty Robinson used to put chocks, um, especially on the back chocks in particular, so they put the leg down and they squeezed up against the back chock in the rail, oh, okay. and, which I thought gave more stability at the finish, the way he was thinking. Mm. Um, I've never done that. I just make sure they come to that... 61 or 65 yeah. of their six foot six guys, yeah. or or you know, 58, 59 girl crews, you know. Yeah, when, now, when I come into the catch, and you, you just shorten, shorten them, them up. Yeah, and the way to do that too is that you can help them. Some of the big guys are gangly and they, they haven't got the best technique. Just put a straw up and stick it, stick it, and say, Come to that, and that's a good guy. The guys, the big guys that are not Imagine thinking. That. Yeah. yeah, and come to that length, and and then you you'd be behind in your coaching boat, and you say, well, you can come another two inches, fifty mil, a hundred mil past them, you know, to get the length of everyone else, or what vice versa. Yeah, but important to match that 
time yeah. in the water. Time, the length through the water is the same time, same length through the water. If you don't, and as I said, in the particular finishes, they're very important to get out in time. It's so important. There'll be no rhythm in your crew. And, and it'll feel like you're rowing with rubber. You put your blade in the water and want to bounce out, and it's a terrible feeling. Geez, you hate it, you know. If, if, but if you can get everyone going in and coming out in time, it makes a huge difference. And it's in the rigging as well, and the coaching in particular. Yeah. With the, just talking a little about the concept of having the whole boat with the same height uh, riggers, uh, the average of the crew, if you like, so the shortest and the tallest, and, and work out an average. Uh, is it feasible, perhaps, if you had large disparities within the crew? For example, I was coaching one crew once where we had two people that were really tall mm-hmm. and the rest of the crew were not. Uh, is it feasible to... And coincidentally, one was bow side, one was stroke side. So is it feasible, perhaps, to, to try it anyway, to set them up at a different height, but you've got each side the same? So you've got... Uh, if they're extreme, you, I guess you could, yeah. But the yeah. trick, I suppose, would be to not have two tall guys on, on well, bow side or stroke side and rig them high. Yeah, that's, then you've got to... that's bad news, yeah. And as you said too, if you want to swap around a crew or move positions, it's a problem. Mm. You've got to come in and move the heights. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, coaching's wonderful because it's best... If you don't really understand the problem of the day, you must say to your athlete, you look, I'm telling you, I'm not telling you anything. I'm going away to think about it all day. And the next time you're on the water, I will have thought about it and tell you the right way. And I'd spend all day just thinking about, I mean, literally all day thinking about that problem. And then you'll come up with a solution. But if you give the kid a or the athlete a silly answer at first up, you're better off saying, and when they first start rowing, say, if I ever say to you, I don't know, it means that I'm going away to think about it as a coach. And, and the next day you come back and you, you've solved the problem sensibly rather than giving you a stupid answer. Uh, I think that's important. Um, oh, absolutely. And, uh, often you come up with a solution you haven't thought of. No, no, and often there's some solutions kids have deformities and different problems and flexibility and and sometimes you just can't put your finger on it straight but you think about it through the day um, you come back the next morning or the next night and and you solve the problem mm. you know, that's happened often yeah. Yeah. the other thing I find in the same vein is if you can get uh, athletes who have been coached by more than one coach oh, yeah. and, uh, and mostly I find that certainly where I'm coaching. Mostly I find that both coaches are saying the same thing, just slightly different way, and the athlete thinks that it's a different technique. Mm. And so I think it's really important for athletes to to talk to their coaches about, about differences like that, so mm. they can actually understand it. To, to back you up there, I've had guys who are rowing with rounded back, you know, not nice and straight at the back. And one guy in particular, he went up rowing at school I spent, I started him at 13 rowing and he went to school at 16, at a private school. He came back for the first holidays and rowed for beautiful straight back. I rang the case, I said, what in the hell did you do? You know? <laughs> I've been trying for three, four years to get him to row like you got. Within a few weeks he had a different terminology. Yeah. And, 
and that kid wrote beautifully, you yeah. know. And you both wanted the same thing. It's just yeah, it's just a different words. terminology. Mm. Mm. Really important. So often uh, talking to athletes, it's about what they hear. Yeah. Oh, it's so important. Yeah. Harold Jarling said something at one coaching conference. He said, because his English wasn't so good, he only spoke what really needed to be said. And that's a pretty important point for all coaches, is not to garble on and say very little. And when you do say something, it really means it, you know. Yeah. And uh, so the thing is not to garble all the whole rowing session because it comes aimless to the crew. But if you just say what the problem is and then back off, uh, I think it has more effect. The other thing I think is important that we're all out there doing it because we love it. And to yell at crews is a, a no-no. I can recall when we were rowing and a particular crew would come beside us and the coach was just yelling at him and every stroke we'd just go ahead because each time he yelled at him, the crew backed off, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was a great example. Yeah. Oh, it's easy to say too much. Oh, yeah. You just say what's important and that's it, yeah. I think it's important also to let the athletes... <laughs> let the athletes think about it yeah. and work it out for themselves. Well, the thing is, they're the coach, really. They've, yeah. got, into, they've got to coach themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, really important, too. And isn't it brilliant when you see like a kid I go in the office here, you can tell him one thing and it stays. Yeah. And it's just, just brilliant when you get that in an athlete, you know. Um, yeah, it's just so rewarding when they, they understand and they're so intelligent that they can just pick it up and continue to do it. I yeah. think understanding is so important. If they don't understand why, well, yeah. that's what decent rowing is about, but people don't understand why they're doing it. Whatever it is, yeah. from a technique perspective, it's... It's difficult to learn from. That's a very good point. There's a reason for everything. And I, I think you're correct, very correct in what you're saying. They've got to understand what's going on. They've got to understand that. And that comes through in your cage. It could be onshore talk before you get on the water, after you get on the water. Um, and, yeah, they've got to have an understanding where what we're trying for. You've got to understand that. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you find it useful and interested in more things that we do, please subscribe to our podcast and you'll get notifications when we upload a new episode. Uh, If you don't know who we are, Decent Rowing is mostly a video-based website. Uh, We have a whole heap of instructional videos on how to row, lots of things for beginners, but also a lot more intermediate and advanced things as well because that's what we're particularly interested in. We have both monthly and yearly membership options, but if you're not ready to sign up or want to get to know what we do a bit better, I'd highly recommend signing up to our email list. When you do that, you get access to our rowing course and you'll get a good introduction into what we do at Decent Rowing, including a lot of our best videos, absolutely free. Um, So until next time, happy rowing.